We're thrilled to announce that we now have seven powerful devotionals available on YouVersion's Bible app. For those not in the know, YouVersion is the top Bible app in the world, and we're honored to be on this incredible platform. Our devotionals dive deep into the pillars that define the lion within us, health, wealth, and self. So whether you're seeking spiritual growth, financial wisdom, or personal development, these devotionals are tailor-made for you. So ready to embark on this transformative journey and unleash the lion within you? Head over to thelionwithin.us slash uversion to access our devotions on the uversion app. Join thousands of like-minded individuals and dive into the word with us. That's thelionwithin.us slash uversion. That's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And let's grow together and become the leaders God intends us to be. Welcome to The Line Within Us, a podcast serving Christian men who are hungry to be the leaders they're predestined to be. I'm your host, Chris Granger, so let's jump in. All right, guys, this week, we're going to be talking about lessons on career, fatherhood, and marriage. And I had with me Mr. Pete Duran, who's going to unpack a lot of these these tips, these areas he's learned in his life. You know, Pete's just a great guy. We got to meet each other through actually a previous episode guest, Mr. Jared Greer. He's like, you need to talk to this guy named Pete. And uh, so I got connected with Pete and I'm so excited to to have him join us here today. And before we get, we get in here with Pete, I want to remind you guys of the scripture this week, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Now, uh, these these verses are special to me, but they're also special to Pete because I asked Pete, I said, look, what's some scripture that, that really resonates with you? Because I want to just share that with our with our listeners. And he's like, go to Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. So guys... Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all the, your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. And that's just a beautiful piece of scripture. Go back to that spiritual kickoff if you want to, to, to get a little bit deeper on that. But Pete, how are you doing today, my friend? Well, I'm doing great. It's, it's an honor to be here. And you're right. It's fun when, when wonderful people like Jared connect, uh, connect people like us together. I was, I was, and by the way, when Jared says, talk to this person, I usually, I take that seriously. <laughs> yeah. Jared's a cool so, guy. I actually went running with him a couple of times and I'm not the crazy, uh, hundred miler like he is, but, uh, he's no. fun to go for a five or 10 K. Well, he, I, I haven't ran with him yet because, um, I'm, Love, running is a love hate relationship with me right, right now, and it would be it would be more like a run walk, which would be fine. <laughs> That's right, he'd be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you, you know, asking me, hey Pete, what's some scripture that that resonates with you? So I had to go back into my notes because you know, like you, I, I spend time in scripture and take notes and write some things down, and so I, it was one of the first times I've actually gone back and used my notes for that particular purpose. Nice. And I was like, great. And I, and by the way, this was, uh, just again, this was 20 years ago. I wrote that, that verse down 20 years ago in this book. Nice. And I'd circled it and read and highlighted it. And I thought, well, I probably did that for a reason. So here we are. There you go. There you go. Hear, it was good to hear it again. <laughs> well, the way I, just so you know, I impacted it. I, I impacted it around trust, understanding mm-hmm. and submit. There were the three big yeah. words I pulled out and I pulled them out purposely because as guys, we don't like to do any, none of those three trust, understand, yeah. or submit. No, 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 no. That's not how we roll. So, uh, you know, I, I thought it was a great verse for this week. Yeah, I appreciate it. And the trust part is, like you said, that's hard for us Yeah, because we want to feel like we're in control. Um, I, I used to struggle with that. Like, you know, well, God doesn't want me just to give up and put it all on him. What does that mean? Like, I'm not supposed to try? I mean, right. I, you know, right. is it, and that's not what he's saying. He's, he's, you know, God's calling us to have, it's all about faith, right? right. To believe that 
God has a plan for us and that we may not recognize it. That's hard, That's hard. right? If you can't see it around the corner, um, you know, God, God doesn't, one of the, the verses that helped me resonate with that particular that thoughts that helped me re- resonate with that verse is God doesn't necessarily give you what you want, right? but he's going to give you what you need. That's right. That's right. And, and that, that verse resonated that with me. So for sure, for sure. Well, you know, guys, I, I know the, the listeners out there, Pete, you know, they'd love to get to know you. I know you're just an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. Guys, check out the show notes too, because there's an awesome podcast called Eating Crow. And I'm going to make sure we have Pete explain where that name come from at some point sure. during the turn of the day. But maybe just give us a little insight to your journey, because I know these guys are, you know, you're going to be talking about careers and fatherhood and marriage. And when I, when I, when I, Jared said we needed to meet, you know, I did what I do to everybody. I go to LinkedIn. And I was talking to Becca about this last night, preparing, just, you know, praying over this recording session with you. I'm like, Pete's like CEO of two companies. And uh, I don't know if I'm qualified to talk to this guy, but I, the, the Lord's going to guide me. So maybe give us a breakdown of what led you to where you're at. Well, you've talked to much more important CEOs than me, I'm sure, in the past. So um, I have, uh, uh, you know, without going into, you know, too far in the past, I'm an engineer like you, Chris. So there's a, a lot of similar traits that we can resonate with. But I had, uh, I had a feeling, even back in college, that I wanted to build or run a company someday. And I don't think I knew what that meant. Right. I just liked, th- I liked the idea of the challenge. Right. And so after a career you know, in the corporate world at, at some large companies, including GE and Eaton, uh, I learned a lot, had some really great mentors. Um, we talked about this, by the way, for folks listening. Chris has been on my podcast, Eating Crow, so I, I look forward to hearing that episode. But one of Chris's messages is really getting um, other men in your life that can challenge you and hold you accountable. And, and we go into that in his episode quite a bit. I was fortunate to have some folks like that early in my career that held me accountable. And I have a, I have a healthy ego. I'm a, I'm a confident guy. That's part of the reason why I veered heavily towards sales and marketing. And I do a lot of public speaking. So I'm naturally wired that way, which isn't good all the time. Right, right. And having people who were willing to sit me down and kind of smack me upside the head and say, hey, you might do these three things really well, but you suck at these five things. Right. And if no one's told you that, they ought to, right? So uh, I was blessed to uh, get an opportunity to work for a couple small startup companies in the late 90s, uh, one in Southern California with my family out there. We touched on this in your episode as well. It was an amazing opportunity for my wife and children, particularly my wife and I, to be on our own. Yeah. Right. We got away from our, our, our family and friend cocoon and we had to figure out how to be young parents and husband and wife on our own. And I can tell you that those two years were some of the most foundational strength building years of our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, from there I, I, I was able to, uh, work for another couple startups as a CEO. Then I started my own company, uh, in 2009. Uh, so doing that in, in the year of a, a recession is probably an interesting time to try to start a business. Right, right. Um, we'll touch on that when we get to uh, your, I know your themes are health, wealth, and self. We'll touch on the the, the wealth piece of that. Uh, and that led me to some investors and some partners and some other people that I've worked with uh, who had confidence in me to help me consult with their companies and eventually become CEO of a company called Sabo, which is a, a wonderfully mission-driven organization to help stroke survivors uh, with therapies and products where, uh, the healthcare system has forgotten them. Right. Right. Um, we help them. And so wonderful, wonderful people, wonderful products. 
And then uh, kind of on the side, I run uh, an executive search firm where I help companies find talent. I'd been doing that for four years before I took this job. And the wonderful folks at Sabo said, continue to do that as long as you got some folks helping you run that. So I'm, I, uh, while it sounds like I'm really the CEO of two companies, I'm kind of the CEO of one and, and just kind of help the other one right. do its thing. Right. So I hear you. So uh, I'm very curious too. And you do a podcast on top of that. So, so uh, eating crow, you know, how, when did that start? <laughs> Uh, I was probably six months behind you on okay. your first one. On the first, okay. Um, it, yeah, so in, in I think it was early 2020, um, I was traveling with uh, a, a guy I've worked with for 25 years. We, we were returning from a meeting with a client that we had lost, unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, a longstanding client, and we went to see them and asked them why. And for two hours, they just kind of kicked us in the teeth and, and we're very clear about why. Right, right. You got your answer. <laughs> and they were right. And, and they were right, right? So we literally ate crow for two hours. And on the way back, uh, my company had been asking me, Pete, we really need you to be more present on social media. You've done a lot of video work. Just put yourself out there. And, and to, I think, Chris, for someone like us, who's this was really hard for me. I'm holding my phone yep. up for those who can't see this. Yep. I, I had a hard time turning my camera on myself and talking. To right. Um, we did it, and I just titled the the name of the video, and we put it on LinkedIn. We ate some crow today, and it went viral. Um, people said if you started a podcast and shared stories like that, I'd listen to it. And I kind of ignored it for about four months, and then in the middle of COVID, I'm sitting at my desk one day, and I just Googled, "How do you start a podcast?" <laughs> and that was it. I, like an engineer, I built a template, put a spreadsheet together, identified the tasks, started checking them off. Yep. And produced my own podcast for the first seven or eight months. And uh, I wouldn't say it's been... I, I'm not like you, Chris. I haven't identified my audience, identified their personas. I'm targeting leaders and entrepreneurs who might benefit from people's stories. Yeah. Uh, and the, the premise is all of us have to eat some crow at some point in our life. That's right. That's right. Something's happened to us. We've made a mistake. We've done something wrong. And we have to eat that crow, taste how bad it, it, it feels and tastes. It's nasty. And then make a change. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the that's the premise of the program. We've had some wonderful guests, including you. And for me, I get to hit record, talk to cool people for an hour, and then share it with others. Yeah. It's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the cool part, too, about eating crow, you know, as Christians, you know, I think we... <laughs> We end up doing that a lot. The good thing is we have the grace, you know, we're, we're, we're covered by Jesus and his grace there. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, that's good to go. But be sure to check out the show notes, guys. Or go, just go straight, you know, to Eating Crow. Follow that because Pete's got some wonderful guests out there that uh, conversations that I've enjoyed listening to. And, uh, you know, so I think that time well spent there. So, you know, you, you kind of, you mentioned three areas of the line within us, health, wealth, and self. Mm-hmm. And when we were talking before recording, you're like, well, I can kind of, Maybe give some advice around all three of those. Maybe let's start with the health area. And you know, sure. when I when I talk health with the guys that I'm, I'm trying to help them grow, I'm talking mind and body, you know, things that mm-hmm. we consume, and then you know, from our from a, from a mind standpoint, but also our bodies. I mean, we we have to to be intentional about taking care of our bodies because you don't know God could call you to to have to run a mile today to go do something or to say you know yeah and. There are a lot of guys can't run to the mailbox. You know, I'm not, I'm not picking on people, but they're they are out there. So you know, I'm curious from a health standpoint, what tips or ideas do you have you like to share with others to to help them grow? So, you know, I, I would I would tell you that there's a lot of areas in my life I probably have not done a decent job on um monitoring and, and being um conscious about my health, both mind, body, and spirit has been something I've been blessed to have 
I, I think I'll say not necessarily figured out, right. but have been on a po- positive journey. Okay. So uh, it started, I think, younger, and I probably didn't realize this time. My dad was an incredibly good athlete. He was like a three-time state champion wrestler. And he would go running in the winters in Wisconsin when we were kids. We were little. And he would come in from a run. It could be five degrees outside. And he would come in from this run, and he'd be sweating. Yeah. And steam would be, steam would be coming off of him. And he had this vein on his forehead, this huge vein that was just like bulging out. Right. And he just looked, he looked awesome. Right. I mean, just <laughs> right. He just looked like that's how you want your dad to be. Right. right. He just looked physically vibrant. My dad's a man of deep faith, man of very few words. Right. So you talked about this before in your, in your uh, uh, episode on our show, you know, caught versus taught. Right. Right. I caught a lot from that. I, I absorbed everything he was doing. Right. And I don't know that I recognized it then. Now, on the other side, my mom has struggled with her weight and happiness a lot of her life. Um, I love my mom. I, I don't think a kid is as a kid. I I I didn't I didn't see her differently, but I recognized there were very opposite examples. Right, right. Maybe because I'm a male, I gravitated much more towards my dad. So I played sports all growing up. Um, very active, four sports through high school. So I think naturally I was just moving around a lot. I wouldn't right. say that was a conscious physical fitness thing. I just was in shape. I got to college and um, then I had to think more differently, but I, I played college soccer and stopped after my freshman year and thought, well, now I don't have anywhere to go to do. I better do this on my own. Right, right. And um, two things happened. Um, I kept going to church in college. And I think that every Sunday I spent time with God by myself in church. And, um, I, I've, I've, I've tried to share this with my kids. I think, and you've, everyone goes on their own spiritual journey, right? They, they get enlightened by the Holy spirit differently at different times. You can't force that. You can be a vessel and help, but you can't, you can't make that happen. Right. So, by going to church, and again, it doesn't mean I was living a perfect life or I wasn't sinning or any of those things, right? But every Sunday morning, I would be in church by myself and I just literally talked to God, right? I just, he brought peace. He said, hey, here's where you need to be. Here's perspective. Everything's going to be okay. And I left lighter. Mm-hmm. I just left lighter after church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate that I'm a, a little bit weird. I like to exercise. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people hate it, Chris. They're going to hate, but I love it. Yeah. I, I, you know, if you said, I'm saying, you want to watch so a you're, movie. You're, you're good to go. Are you? Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Right. I think Jared is too. But if, if you said, you want to watch a movie for two hours or go work out, I'd go work out. I mean, yep. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even hesitate. Yep. Just get me up and get me, get me physically engaged so that all those endorphins and all the chemicals that release in your body um, open your mind and your soul to other things. I right. think that's why I do it. it. It does, it opens you up to being much more observant around you. Yeah. So, you know, I think from there, I, I was always the guy at work that kind of worked out and stayed in shape. So other people said, Hey, could you, could you help me get fit? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to eat. I don't know how to exercise. Right. So I'd go home and I'd write them a plan and it would take me like three hours. Wow. So you put right, a lot of work into this plans. I did. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're a 60 year old receptionist who's never exercised. True. Right. Right. And she's, she's struggling. That's a very different program than a 23 year old former lacrosse player that says, Hey, I want to stay in shape after school. What do I do? Right. 
Right. So I, I started to think heavily about what they should eat and how to move their body safely and then understand their goals and make sure that we, mm. you know, and I, I, I did P90X on a dare. Yeah. In 2008, a friend dared me to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get, I get the feeling, Chris, you'd be the same way. I've right? done if it. I dared you to. Yeah. You did I, it, I do right? P90X3 so, still, the 30-minute P90X. By the way, that one, P90X3 is, is one of the best exercise yep. routines out there. Yeah, People I, have to I try do it. that probably, two, probably, well, probably about three times a week I do P90X3, so, uh, one version. Good for you. So, yeah. Good for you. And by the way, it's interesting how uh, Tony Horton's exercise philosophy changed between one and three. Yeah, big time. Right, yeah. Uh, one was good because it was just different. No one done it before. Right. But I, but you probably recognize is one size fits all, right? So you just turn it on, press play, and everyone's doing the same thing. That's right, right. Same thing with the nutrition guide. It was like I was like, "There's got to be a better way." Right. So I sat down, um, quit my job, sat down at my kitchen table in 2009, and and said, "There's got to be a better way." And I looked at my wife. I said, "This is absolutely nuts." Uh-huh. Um, we just left another entrepreneur company, and it didn't go well. So I don't have a cash nest egg here. Right. We're gonna sell the house. We're going to take all of our IRA 429s and college stuff, and we're going to dump it into this business, and we're going to go make this thing work. That was stupid. <laughs> okay. So I may have the health thing right there, Chris, right. but the wealth thing, yeah. bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> bad idea. I have a very high pension for risk. Bad idea. Gotcha. Um, but I have an incredibly... I, I, I was confident I could make it work. Yeah. And it did to an extent. It hasn't... I haven't... Um, I, I I still have my equity in the business. It's, it's it's a really good business. But fast forward, I don't... I haven't... I'm not one of these LinkedIn entrepreneurs that, you know, sold the company is worth a gazillion dollars and now I can tell everybody what to do. Right. It's not me. Right. Um, so there's there's a little... We can drill into more of that, but that's kind of the backstory. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, first of all, health was an area... And you may enjoy this, Pete. Yeah, I love working out now. I mean, every every morning, my wife would tell you, I mean, it starts 4.15, I'm up, I'm working out. And I'm, I usually work out for about 90 minutes I, for for different things, whether it's running or biking or uh, mm-hmm. or a hit, hit workout, things like that. But 2010, my first daughter was born, uh, 330 pounds, man. That's that's what I was tapping out what? at. Yep, yep, tapped out at 3.30. And blood pressure medicine, I was 29, something like that. Yeah, 29. I was on blood pressure medicine, uh, a lot of health issues, man. Sleep apnea. I got, dude, I had sleep apnea so bad, I couldn't drive more than like 20 minutes. I was literally falling asleep uh, driving. And I'd have to pull over and like caffeine drinks and coffee. Like, So, bro, completely, and I wish I'd have known someone like you back then. <laughs> but I just. Wow wrote my own plan, started doing my own thing, uh, and slowly, you know, 130 pounds later and, and still working, to, but just uh, got there, man. And now it's it's who I am. You know, you, you, you got to be careful about what you consume and what you put in your body. I don't do caffeine. I don't do sugar. I don't do chocolate. I don't do cheese. There's just certain things yeah. I've just eliminated. And I've just felt it makes me feel better. And But those endorphins you talked about, man, that... that for for the for the guys listening that think he's that that think you're full of it, you, you guys are the ones that are full of it. Like start yeah. because you had to start that change that friction to get past that. I don't like working out, but once you get past that, those endorphins come and and you'll be you'll be seeking that on a regular basis. Well, there's a lot there. I mean, Chris, first of all, three hundred thirty pounds. What people 
people, if you're listening and you're in that category right now, um, there's hope. Mm-hmm. But first of all, it's going to be hard. Yep. Yep. Right. I mean, there is, uh, there's no other way to describe it. Your first month or two of, of any kind of movement or exercise of 300 is brutal. It's just brutal. Right. And changing your eating habits. And I, you know, I had a, I came full circle as, as the health guy, as mm-hmm. the fitness guy I started. So I, by the way, I started a company in 2009. It's an online fitness app. We sold it to companies. Blue Cross Blue Shield was a big reseller. We signed some really big clients, this customer. Right. Um, and, you know, I had almost a million people using the platform at one point in time. We shot, you know, 300 P90X level videos. We had a full TV studio. It was funny. People would recognize some of the people in the videos when they were out and about. Right. Right. Um, I'd be in an airport in Pittsburgh and somebody would say, are you, you know, it would be hilarious. So I had my 15 minutes of fame in like four and a half minutes. It was very fleeting. <laughs> right. But, uh, I, 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 my wife was great. She was great. She goes, don't, don't make a product or a service for you. Cause you're weird. Right. 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 <laughs> make it for everyone else yeah. that doesn't get this. Right. And my mom and my sister were really good things for me to pay attention to because I'm, I'm a, I, will, I will stand on this every day. The thermodynamics and the science behind weight loss are indisputable and they're simple. You have to have a calorie deficit. Right. And you'll lose weight. If you eat less than you, you know, eat less calories than you burn, you're going to lose weight. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Thyroid, metabolism, genetics, none of that matters. Right. It's simple science and it's indisputable. Now, the challenge for people, especially you, Chris, you're 330 pounds, the mental and emotional aspects of eating and weight gain are much more complicated and much deeply rooted. Right, right. So you've got to get through that barrier. Why am I like this? What am I compensating for? Where am I unhappy in my life that I'm turning to food and sedentary lifestyle to solve the problem? You got to get there first. Right, exactly. So it was hard for me to to, to get to get past that. Once I did, I started to be more empathetic. I started to design programs for people who are starting in these areas. So our programs, literally, we, we had programs designed for people that were 330 pounds. Right. Right. And we helped them kind of manage that weight loss down. And then we spent a lot of time figuring out the, the emotional side of it. But, you know, people say, you know, Pete, I can't look like you. I, I'm not going to be like you. And, and I'm like, look, I exercise an hour to an hour and 20 minutes every day of the week. Mm-hmm. And I eat pretty sensibly. Um, you can't see because the camera is not, I, I do enjoy a scotch and a beer once in a while. Right. I never abuse them. Um, I, I, I'll eat, I don't eat dairy and that's because I don't, it doesn't make me feel good. And I'm, I don't have a lactose. It just it makes, I'm allergic to it. It just doesn't make me feel good. And I eat pretty healthy 99% of the time, but it doesn't mean I don't enjoy a cheeseburger or a piece of cake for my kid's birthday or whatever. I'm not neurotic about it. I don't count calories. I just like healthy food. I've discovered that healthy food tastes good. Right? Right. And when no one regrets a salad. (laughs) You ever heard anybody regret a salad, Chris? I've never heard anybody regret a salad. Like, oh, I wish I'd eaten that. Right? Right. I'll hurt. People will say, I wish I'd had that Big Mac an hour ago. But you don't hear people go, oh, that's salad. Oh, it's really, no. You don't regret a salad. That's right. That's right. That's right. So true. So I, again, it's it's uh you you said something earlier that you never know when you're gonna have to run a mile to save someone's life. Right. Right. So when people ask me why I exercise, I do it because I do it does make me feel good. Right. God gave God gave me this vessel. 
He said, here's, here's, this is a gift from me to you. It's your choice how you use it while you're there on earth. Right. Right. So I, I look at it as a way to show God that I'm very grateful for the gift to give me because I can also help other people with it. Yeah. And I mean, for the Christians listening, you know, what if God calls you, you know, to do, to serve him, to build his kingdom. And that, that entails physical work and you're not ready. You know, if you're going to be yeah. the, the man of God that you're called to be, you need to be prepared. And, and some of that is taking care of the vessel like Pete's talking about to be able to act. And, and you know, maybe it's not running a mile. That's fine. Uh, but I can tell you one thing, you know, those disciples and, you know, when, when they were following Jesus, yeah. uh, they were ready. And then that was a, a that was a, a, a physically difficult you know, just to be able to go camping nonstop for three years, right? I mean, you're just, you're, <laughs> that takes a toll on a body, but, you know, you can do it. And, and when you look at um, the Apostle Paul and then everything that there's yeah. just story after story of, of these guys physically ready to serve. And that's, to me, that's why we, we incorporate that into our, to our program with, of health is can't just skip over it. I'll give you uh, an example of how um, I was blessed to be able to utilize my health to help someone else. Mm -hmm. And then I'll share maybe with your listeners why, um, why we're in this situation as a society. Mm -hmm. Right. So the first example teeing off of that is um, uh, my father-in-law was one of the most wonderful people I've ever known in my life. He was an incredible listener and um, my wife's whole family, I just great group of people, but he had a, a severe spinal disorder called syringomelia and he, uh, in the last 20 of his life was, was basically unable to walk mm. or, um, or use his legs in any, any fashion. And then in towards the last few years, it was, he was wheelchair bound and then eventually, you know, in, in, in bedridden. So it was the point where in the places he was in care, the only way to get him out of there was for me to physically go there almost week hard of service, pick him up out of bed in my arms, mm -hmm. put him in the wheelchair or lead him out to the car, pick him up from my arms and put him in the car and carry him back out. So for a couple of years, that was our thing. Mm -hmm. And this is an Italian strong man's man, right? Hard for him to find the grace to, to let me do that yeah. and make sure it was okay. So just wonderful. The relationship had formed a bond between the two of us. It's very hard to, uh, to duplicate. My favorite is I was picking him up, taking him from our house, back to the car, back to his, his, his home. And, um, uh, his catheter bag burst on my chest. Oh. I got him, I got him, and it's in between us and it broke open. Mm. So all of a sudden I got this really warm feeling in my chest <laughs> and I looked at Vince and I said, did, did you just get really warm? He goes, I did. Was that my bag? I said, I think it was. He goes, well, that wasn't in the brochure, was it Pete? <laughs> <laughs> and we laughed about it. I right. said, Julie, grab a towel. We just changed my shirt, drove him home. And, and, you know, if you get a chance to serve others because of you've taken care of your, your body. I look at our military. I look at our first responders. I look at nurses and doctors there, you know, and there's a lot of nurses that struggle with their weight because they're there so much, right? They, they, they focus on others more often than not. But if you can find your why, I ask you, find your why about why your health is going to be important. You've got, you've got daughters, three daughters. I've got kids. I've got grandchildren on the corner. I want to be there for them. I want to be able to interact with them. I want to be, I, w I also want to be an example. Right. I want them to look at and go, wow, just like my dad I spoke about when I was a kid, that's what a virile, active man looks like. Now, I, I can get hit by a bus tomorrow. Right. My brother-in-law, who's one of my closest friends, died of ALS after a nine-year battle. You, 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 those things, you're, right. you can't 
but he fought the whole way, right? right? I'd like to think that I could do that with as much grace. So yeah, there's an there's an example. Yeah, I love it. I love that that find your why. I mean, I, I think that's a mm-hmm. a tip I'm really big on and something I lean in on. So I tell you what, P, let's we're gonna probably let's jump to to wealth and sure. self. Before we do that, we'll take a quick break and then we'll jump right back in. At The Line Within Us, we discuss wealth a lot. And our sponsor at Investing for Beginners provides great resources for those wanting to take their knowledge of investing to the next level. Their monthly research e-letter is the best way to learn about the market and apply insight to begin growing your wealth. The newsletter tracks the founder's journey of managing a portfolio and shares how the decisions are made. For the beginning investor, this could be a great way to learn how to get started with investing from a company that is putting their money where their mouth is. I've been subscribing to their e-letter for quite some time, and it's something I look forward to every month, and I've learned a ton. They're a conservative group with an emphasis on a margin of safety. The Lion Within Us listeners can receive 15% off the monthly e-letter by visiting thelionwithin.us/ifb that's investing for beginners and using the promo code lion at checkout that's thelionwithin.us/ifb and use promo code lion to receive 15% off your monthly research e-letter All right, guys, we're back here with Pete, and we just had a really great conversation around health. A lot to unpack there, and, and he did a phenomenal job. I love that, you know, find your why. And Pete, the next area we're talking about is from a wealth standpoint, and, and a lot of times when I break down wealth for the lines, is we're talking about career and finances, you know, because mm-hmm. so much of that pressure is on us as Christian men to, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves, rather, to to make sure we're in the right job and we're 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 progressing the right way and we're doing and then oh yeah we got to make sure we're doing what God's calling us to do and and then you know we got to be investing yeah. for the future and protecting our protecting our assets and things like that so just any advice or tips around uh, the wealth bucket that you'd like to sh- to share with us? Don't start a company when you're forty. <laughs> oh great, that's what I just <laughs> first did. piece of advice. <laughs> I'm kidding. So uh, you know I, I I look at wealth the same way I look at my health. Right. Every every exercise, every healthy meal, um, by watching what I put in my mind spiritually, what what I'm reading, what I'm listening to, all those little investments I make will pay dividends when I am ready to retire. I'll have a healthy mind, body, and soul to enjoy those years to continue to serve my family, my wife, my kids. So your your wealth is no different than your health. You've got to make those micro investments for years. And you know, what I try to talk to my kids, my oldest son's in commercial real estate. My youngest son is his favorite class right now in college is, is on investing is learning how to put your money into assets that will serve you later. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. So, um, whether it's real estate or other investments where that money will work for you down the road. And I know Chris, your, your home is your only debt and that's an asset, right? So it's working for you. That's where you want to get to at a young age. The hard part for most of us, especially in the social media-based society, which is keeping up with the Joneses and, and looking everybody's images about their fancy car and their home and their vacation. They'll look like living the dream. I would venture to say a lot of those people are in debt up to their, you know, uh-huh. what, right? So when you're younger, those first 10 years after school or college and your marriage are so important to protect and reduce as much debt as possible right? and create as many assets in your life that will produce wealth for you later on, which... You don't realize it then. Remove so much stress in your marriage as you start to put kids through school or whatever it is. So, yeah. uh, 
for me, and I've got uh, one of my closest friends, I'm his longest sales cycle ever, is uh, a really tremendous financial advisor, very Christian-based. His mantra for his business is, he calls it from success to significance. Okay. I love it. And it, it's really, so he's like, look, you've, you've, you've had a successful career. You've put some money away. You've invested it. Now, what are you going to do with that? Right. Now that you're at a point in your life, what are you going to do with those assets that are working for you? Are you going to serve? Are you going to, are you going to tithe? Are you going to give back time, money, and treasure to different areas? So I think wealth to me is, um, I, I'm going to be, this is, I've, I've never shared this publicly, but I, uh, I'm not motivated by money. Oddly enough, it, it, it's, it, it does not excite me or don't get me wrong. I, I, we have a lovely home. It's not a, you know, it's not a mansion, but when we built our home, I'm, I'm, I am very thoughtful about how I arrange a room or how I paint it, or I want it to look nice and take care of it. And because I, cause it's an asset, I want to take care of it. Right. right. And I, I'm, I tend to feel like if I have less clutter, I'm not distracted by it. Right. And it will be an asset. Well, so I, don't get me wrong. I mean, all those things are there. But I don't wake up in the morning, like you see a lot of people on LinkedIn, grinding for financial success. That does not excite me. Right, right. Um, my wife might, might joke and say, well, she maybe wished it excited me a little bit more. Because <laughs> <laughs> life would be a lot less stressful. Um, I'll share a story with you that does apply back to the, the starting a company when you're 40. Okay. So when you think about lessons of of wealth. Um, this impacted me greatly and it's impacted my, my three children tremendously. So when we started this company, we sold every, we sold our, our home. We, we took all of our retirement money. We went all in. And again, that was not smart, but that's just kind of how I roll. And I, and I, and I'm, I'm truthful when I say, I don't recommend that. Right. 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 If you're going to start a company, you want to protect your personal assets and let those things work for you. If you have enough excess cash, to invest in a company without worrying about that going away, that's fine. Some people can do that. Right. Um, raising money, putting outside capital is a great way to protect your own personal assets. Those are things we get. It's a whole separate call. But I went all in. There were several... I went for two or three years without an income, like no income, which is really challenging. I put a lot of debt on my business to finance it and start it, took some investments in, but it was not... It, I broke all the rules. <laughs> to sound financial planning, they were all broken. To the point where um, I was riding my bike to work and we had one car and three drivers in the house, four drivers. So I would ride my bike to work in the rain to get to work. Um, my son, my youngest son was an avid reader. So he read a bunch of books and we, the, 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 the agreement was if you read the book, I would take you to see the movie if the if a movie came out based on the book. And we went to see a movie at the Dollar Theater of a book that he had read and I had $2 in my pocket. And I'm not exaggerating, Chris. That's the only money we had to our name. Oh, my gracious. At that particular point in time. In addition to the debt, we had $2 of cash in any account anywhere. That's all we had. But I told him I would do this. We walk in and I said, we can go to the dollar store before the movie and you can buy one item. And then we will go to the movie. So I'm in the line at the dollar store and, and, and I looked around me. And there were people shopping for their entire family's grocery list. The clothing they named, you name it, that was, their, that was where they were. Right. And God spoke to me and said, hey, Pete, you're here on your own choice, your own choosing. You didn't, nothing happened to you, nothing bad luck. You chose to be in this situation. So recognize that. Right. 
you're an employable guy, you could do, go do a job and be paid fine. But you chose to be here. Other people live like this every single day. And they're going to go out to their 25-year-old car with one spare tire in the back that's rusted out. And they're going to get home and, they're, and they've chosen to drive a poorer car or whatever to, because they've got to take care of their family. Right. Right. And that was when one of your three pillars, wealth, struck me that I now relate and recognize that um, I can't judge anyone or anything because I'm not in their situation or their shoes. Sure. So again, one person's health and wealth might be completely different perspective than mine. And one of my closest friends that I've worked with for years, tremendously deep Christian man and has chosen all the things you've chosen, Chris, right? to put his family in a position to be successful financially by driving the older car, doing all those things that people didn't recognize he was doing intentionally. Yeah. And I know other people judged him for it, but they didn't know him. Right. That's right. So for me, that wealth aspect is, is physical, it's spiritual, it's emotional. Yes. And, and now my kids have seen what risk-taking looks like. My kids know the very big difference between a need and a want. My daughter paid our rent for one summer with her summer job. And she wrote an essay about that and got a scholarship as a result because she said very clearly, I know the difference between a need and a want. My kids, when they got a new pair of $20 van tennis shoes, uh-huh. put them by their bed and slept by, they slept, they slept by their bed. They were so excited to have that pair of shoes. It was a big deal for them. Right, right. And we live in a community where there's kids with probably closets with 50 of those in there. Yeah. Yeah. So it may not be what people typically talk about, but I have a very different um, relationship with wealth than a lot of people. I think it's a, it's a healthy one. I mean, I love the need versus the want. Uh, you know, I think to so many Christian men out there, or not just Christian, all men, but, you know, we're, we're trying to serve you, you, you lions out there. You know, we feel like you said earlier, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. And one thing I always tell when I, when I coach guys and I hear that come up, I, I remind them that the Joneses are broke, you know, so many mm-hmm. times. And, and so many times yeah. now, I feel like there's just, there's this sense of entitlement or something. So I've seen so many young couples, they get married, they're 22 years old, well, we got to buy a house. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you need this $300,000 house? You're 22 years old. Like, what are you thinking? Right. Like, Seriously, s- slow down because, well, my parents, they have a house. That's right. They've been married for 30 years, sweetheart. So they've worked yeah. towards it. And it's just, it, it, it baffles me how how quickly, how immune people will, will, will just take on debt. And student loan debt, don't get me started. That's another show too. We're just, we're, it's just mm-hmm. unbelievable how much student loan debt pe- people take on. So I'm coaching a lot of the young guys to consider that and try to coach mm-hmm. these young guys with these families to, you know, you got kids that are in high school. There are cheaper ways, you know, just a four-year college degree is not the only way to get an education. And there are ways to sure. do it and, and fun, you know, cash flow it. So I, I think all your lessons are so applicable and it helps so many guys because one, you showed the vulnerability just by sharing your story. So I, I, I'm very mm-hmm. thankful for everything you just walked, walked us through. Well, thanks. And I, I, I do hope that, um, you know, I have some, and I tell my kids this all the time, boy, there, there are many careers where you can hit singles and doubles every year for the rest of life and save your money, invest properly and put yourself in a position to not where finances are not an issue in your life and your marriage, because those are really difficult things to struggle with. My, my wife has been a blessing and a, 
an amazing partner through this whole process because it was probably no more difficult than anybody than on her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and so, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, they're all, they're so intertwined, all three of them. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the scripture too, the Bible unpacks wealth more than anything. I mean, God talks about Mm -hmm. money a lot. And then you look at the marriages and the causes of divorce outside of infidelity, money is it. Mm -hmm. That's the driver. Yeah. So if you can, you know, if you're faithful to your wife and you're true to her the way you should be from a, from a sexual standpoint, but then if you're aligned with finances and, and, and money on, on goals and, and, and debt and how you're going to uh, you pursue things in the future together from a, from, a, from a money standpoint, from a finance standpoint, you're going to have so much stronger marriage. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, you're going you're gonna to reduce the fights. There's not going to be any of that. So there's there, lots of tips on that type of stuff. So. You know, I, I thought this was, Pete, tons of, of insight there. So maybe let's take a quick break and then we'll, we'll tackle our last bucket together. Sounds good. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it'd be cool to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple, Spotify, Google, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcast isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their messages out to the world. Let's create something great together. Visit thelionwithin.us slash buzz to let Buzzsprout know we sent you, and you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. That's thelionwithin.us slash buzz. All right, guys, back here with, with, with Mr. Pete Duran, and we, we, we talked through you know areas of, of health, areas of wealth, and you know our last bucket for the lines is, is self and when we unpack self, we're talking about, you know, husbands and dads and Pete's got a lot of, of, of knowledge and wisdom in, in those areas. So, you know, Pete, when you hear that self term, you know, what comes to mind? What, what, what ideas would you like to share with our listeners? Well, like we talked about with, uh, with health and wealth, you know, there, there's three important pillars And while I didn't keep the wealth side where I wanted it to be, um, I offset that by really digging hardly, you know, hard into the self side. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, probably the biggest thing, and you've touched on this before, is is just open communication with my wife and my kids, mm-hmm. um, and being vulnerable. They they know they clearly know my kids know um, where my line in the sand is. They know where I'm wired ethically and morally, and from my faith, and then my faith comes first. Right. So that's never been debatable. Um, they also have seen that, that my faith has kind of guided me through some of the other challenges you talked about on our, our episode with you, Chris, you know, you, I, I've talked to very few guys with Job like experience and have been punched in the face as many times as you did. Right. And your faith got you through it. Yes. Right. So that self part of it is starting with my faith. Right. Um, my faith family and, you know, my, my fitness and my finances, all those things kind of blend together, but everything starts with faith. So for me. Um, I get up at, at five or five thirty every morning and I spend an hour in prayer and meditation every morning. That was hard for me to rewire my brain into making that my first fruits of the day. 
I'm sure. I used to exercise first thing in the morning, and then I try to pray while I was exercising, and I realized I was doing both poorly. Okay. So I had to carve an hour out that I didn't have before and spend either time in prayer or scripture to, um, you know, you hear the term, get right with the Lord. Well, that was, it's what I'm trying to do, right? Yeah. And more often than not, um, it's a conversation with God, right? I have four themes that I cover every morning in my conversation with God. I'll share them whether they're useful or not, sure. but these are the four themes I cover. So I, I have a, 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 a set of prayers or conversation with God that I go through. And at the end of that set of prayers, I, I ask, um, I ask God to pray for all the people I know that have passed or are sick or ill right now. And my dad taught me this. He has an incredible ability to remember every single one of those person's names. So if I said to my dad, Hey dad, I got a friend named Tim who's dealing with cancer right now. My dad will pray for Tim until the day I tell him Tim passes and he'll still pray for him. And my dad's like a hundred people in his head. He prays for. So I'll literally go through and say, Hey, so-and-so is dealing with, cancer, right. um, Joan's going through a divorce, Timmy's really dealing with depression right now, and I'll, I'll, walk, I'll talk to God and say, right. hey, can, you, can the Holy Spirit help them in any way possible? And I just talk, right? And, and sometimes I forget, but sometimes there's, there's somebody on my mind, and, and it's a really great way for me to recognize, A, we've been blessed with health, yes. my family. So I start there, and then I have another set of prayers I, I, I talk to God about, and then I talk about, um, this is relevant right now. I talk about peace on earth, right? I say, Hey, you know, this particular part of the world is going through a very difficult time where these people are suffering, or I'd like to thank our military, our military spouses, those are giving their lives. And right now pray a lot for Russia and the Ukraine, right? right. So you just, right. so that's a part of it. And it just makes you more aware of what's going on in the world. Yep. So that's the second thing I, I talk about from a self standpoint. The third thing is then I kind of get in, into my family. Right. Right. I pray that I'm very grateful for, um, first of all, our Lord and Savior, right? That's the first thing I talk about. Just the fact that that our Lord and Savior, God gave us Jesus and all those things I walk through, right? And I, right. I talk pretty deeply about that. And then I talk about um, the spiritualist gifts he's, he's presented our family. And then I talk about, the, I'll call the temporal gifts. And I literally go through food, shelter, clothing, health, happiness, finances, all those things. Yeah. And I, I kind of list through them and I, I look around my home and, and like this week I've walked downstairs to start that and I said, I'm walking down here and having a cup of cup of coffee. I'm gonna spend an hour with God. There are people right now in the Ukraine who don't have this anymore. Right. They've lost a loved one. They're living in a train station. They're living in some home in Poland. They don't even know. There is so much to be grateful for, and that that perspective is really important. Yes. And then I pray for my wife. I pray for my kids. I pray for my daughter and her husband, their new baby on the way. All those things I pray for. I never ask God for them to be successful. I ask God to help them with what they're currently dealing with. Sure. Just to be with them. Right. And uh, then I pray for each one of my kids to have wisdom, fortitude, compassion, humility, faith, whatever it is, all the tools that they need, the gifts of the spirit to help them go to war every day. That's right. Then the last group of prayers I go through and the last thing I pray for is is self, right? To your point, I pray for me. Hey, help me be a better husband, father, leader, business leader, friend, colleague, coworker, whatever it is. And here's my weaknesses. Here's what I got to work on. Help me deal with them. Right. And, um, and that takes about an hour for me to get through every morning. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I don't know that it's right for everybody. It, it really works for me every day to get centered. I do it seven days a week. And, um, those, that hour in the morning for me is my favorite, absolute favorite time of the day. Man, it sounds like it's such a powerful time of the day too. And I love you know, when you went through that, it's all outward and it's working mm-hmm. towards, you know, your heart. You know, with with mm-hmm. the sick people, the world, your family, yep. yourself. Yep. 
You know, I just, I just, I think, I think that's a beautiful model. Well, I can't take credit for it. My dad, I was at his house. This is probably 15, 20 years ago. And he just shared this with me. He's again, he's a very quiet guy. He's been doing this for 30 years. And I looked at him, I went, are you kidding me? That's How long does it take you? He goes, about an hour. I'm like, holy cow. So from that day forward, I'm like, that's what I'm doing. Do you journal any of this stuff or is it all just in the, tr- in the, in the old noggin up there? Uh, it's all my noggin. Man. Um, I literally have an hour, hour's worth of those prayers uh, in my head. And, um, and I tried, that's why I stopped exercising when I was doing it. Cause I found that I was just yeah. kind of going through the motions. Yeah. And now I, like I say, I turn it more into a conversation with God. So I, I kind of, I just talk to him and say, Hey, okay. this is, you know, and so it's, I wouldn't say it's the exact same every day. It's not. Yeah. Uh, but the common themes are, like you said, um, those people that are sick and, and need prayers, the world, my family, and then me, I kind of, like you said, I, I scope it all the way. I, by the way, Chris, I hadn't thought about that way, but that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm kind of bringing it all down to yeah, yeah, that center point. I mean, that's what so, jumped out to me. I'm just, so I'm curious, you know, you pray, you pray for your wife, you pray f- for your kids, mm-hmm. um, and you don't have to share if you, if you don't sure. care to, but do you pray with your wife? And what is, how does that look like uh, when, you're, when you're praying together? We do. Um, so particularly when we're in the car. Okay. Uh, so we, we do, and we've done this with our kids as well. Um, you know, sometimes it might go, okay, dad, here, here goes dad. But you know, my parents did it with us, so we've done it. Uh, when we're on a long, when we get in the car to go on a long trip, um, and by the way, we travel a lot for sports with our kids. So we've driven all over the country and we, 14 hour car ride for us is nothing. Um, typically the first thing we do is, is we pray yep. when we get in the car. And we go through the same ritual, right? We go through the same concept. Oh, the same t- style. Um, I got you. Okay. Same style. And then and, and every one of the family members engages in one aspect of those prayers, right? So we kind of say, all right, Benny, you're up next, or Sammy, your turn, and That's cool. Julie, your turn. I like that. And tip, typically when we do it, we, we will, one of us will have someone that we want to pray for, right? So my son's got a, a close friend who's going through cancer. Um, my wife might have some, so we'll say, Hey, we're, we're going to, these prayers are for so-and-so who's going through a tough time. Right. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably a more condensed version than I do myself because yeah. a lot of stuff I do myself, I, I, it's, it's kind of my thing. Um, and you know, all of my kids, um, are on their own faith journey right now with a hundred percent just on their own journeys with God. Right. And my job as a father was to set them up for that. Right. Right. right? That they know clearly where I stand and every once in a while um they'll get a dad email right right this is from dad this is on my heart i want you guys to think about it no response necessary right yeah <laughs> they might they all might be in the trash bin i don't know but i hope that year two down the road they this is one of those things resonates with them and it, and it, it helps them when they need it no doubt i love it man just such a a great practice i think the the practice of prayer you know, first of all, you know, hats off to you and your dad. I mean, that that's a probably one of the most uh, you know dedicated models I've heard of, and it, I can't imagine the power you know, that that gives you in your day and your the Holy Spirit. You know what He's revealing to you throughout throughout that whole experience as well. So, you know, just great tips. And I just feel like there's so many Christian men, and self included, uh, you know, where it, I have to really be intentional about praying with my wife and 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 lean into that and. You know, it was mm-hmm. funny when we were dating, uh, you know, we would talk to each other on the phone every night and we would always pray together. And I mean, I guess maybe I was courting and, you know, I don't know. I just, 
it it was just sure. a way for us to to kind of all. I just remember doing that with Becca every night, and then after probably a year or so after we got married, we just realized we we don't pray together enough anymore. So we're still working that together and trying to be more intentional about that. Uh, that can't say we've 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 mastered it, but we recognize that that's something that that helps our marriage grow closer and pulls us together closer when our prayer life is 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 aligned. And uh, you know, I, I'm pretty big on getting guys to pray with other guys, but don't forget, mm-hmm. you know, you, you should be praying with your wife. If you think that's weird, uh, you, you need to do some self reflection there because that is nothing's going to pull your marriage stronger than that prayer time. Uh, it's so powerful, and I think. Praying with other men, um, the situation applies for women as well. So I'll, I'll share two quick things for sure. those that are listening that are struggling and aren't doing it with this with their spouse. So, um, you know, I, uh, I, my wife and I had we had different faith journeys. We were raised by different parents, right? We were at different places when we got married in our faith, and and my wife is a very faithful person. Her, her mom and dad are very faithful. There were some things about the our faith that you know. It, when you really read like revelations and some things that are mm-hmm. a little more apocalyptic and you can't understand it, it can be intimidating and scary. Oh yeah. And I think my wife was, was freaked out by some of that stuff. Yeah. Right. And, and the Bible kind of scared her and, and like, what am I going to find out when I get in there? And, and, and is it going to be comfortable for me? And you know, some of the things in the church she was struggling with. So I actually went and talked to my pastor and said, Hey, I'm struggling trying to reach my wife in some of these areas. What should I do? And he gave me some incredible advice because I was really struggling with it. And it created a little tension, right? We're, we're both just not in the same places. I was a ferocious reader and I was on my faith journey. I was energized and I was inspired and I was feeling this calling and she wasn't there yet. Right, right. And not, by the way, not that my wife wasn't devout and, and wonderful. All those things are great, but there's just a, just a tuning issue, right? Sure. And he looked at me and said, Pete, he said, that's not your job, dude. The Holy Spirit will fill your wife's soul when the Holy Spirit wants to. Yeah. Your job right now is to be there when that happens. Right. And not push her away from the church, not push her away from you. You need to be compassionate and loving and pray for her. Right. And, and let her go on her own faith journey. Yeah. And it was really powerful for me to realize that. And you know what the Holy Spirit did? Her friends reached out and pulled her into their Bible study. There you go. And you talk about praying with other men. You know what happened to my wife? She started praying with other women that she respected and loved and cared for. Yes. And the fear broke down and she could open up with them and she could see them open up with her. And her faith journey just took off. And then she was, we'd be in church and the pastor would read scripture. And she, I was, I was joyful because I'd go, I read that like two weeks ago. I read that particular verse. It's so great. To you. And she started going, I read that verse and this is what it meant to me. And so my lessons are, you may not be on the same page. That's okay. Don't force this. Pray. Right. Be open about your feelings and your faith, but do not force this on your spouse. That's not our job. Right. Right. Um, in that situation, you are better to shut up and lead by example. And then if possible, try to introduce them to peers or friends that they... Because sometimes, same thing when I trained people, you know, when you open your mouth, sometimes to your spouse or someone else, they hear Charlie Brown's teacher. Right. 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 Her friend could say the exact same thing, and she's like, "Oh, Doris, that's that's amazing." Let God work in the channels God works in, and let the Holy Spirit get there, and and then you'll find that that prayer time starts to become enriched. But don't, it's not a wedge that God wants you to shove there. He He wants you to 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 bring them down the path, and sometimes you just don't know what the path is. That's right. Beautiful, very beautiful. Well, you know, Pete, anything else you that you'd like to? 
to get off your heart and share with the, with the guys that are listening right now. I mean, this has been just an impactful conversation. Well, I have to apologize. Normally, I'm the host. I do very little talking. This is the most I've talked in a podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I apologize, Chris. But this is this is you, your your three topics and pillars resonate so well with with me and with other people that it was a joy to be on the show. And, and, I'm, and I'm really glad that you offered me the opportunity. Well, Pete, this has been wonderful. I mean, we're, for people that want to connect with you, I will make sure we put links in the show notes there and, and, and links to the, to Eating Crow for sure. And, uh, you know, anywhere in particular you'd like for them to go visit to learn more about, you know, the different things you're supporting. So if they go to my LinkedIn profile, uh, they can certainly find a way to reach me there. My contact information is available. And then if any any guest resonates, feel free to reach out to me and I can put you in touch with those folks on the program as well. Sounds great. Sounds great. So be sure to check out the show notes. And guys, remember the question of the week this week. And Pete, you may like this one. My question for the guys, I, I, I like to give them one question a week to focus on. This week, would you be found guilty of being a Christian at work and at home? So, you know, guys, you're going to be put in front of that judge. Would you be found guilty? Because, I mean, you have to be able to, to either you're walking with Jesus every day at all times or you're not. So, you know, if you, if you enjoyed this conversation, you know, share it with those other people, get it out there, go to the line with them, dot us, you know, and see all the resources, the Bible study, the things like that. We're, we're trying to support you guys and help you grow in your walk. You know, give us a rating and review. That really helps us. I've enjoyed this, Pete. Thank you so much. And guys, go out and unleash the lion within.